Greetings, beautiful people, and welcome to Queen's Stand Up Support Network Radio. Our purpose and intention is to create a non-judgment zone of support for the leaders and those working to be the change they want to see, where we increase our awareness regarding the experiences that manifest as we navigate through this adventure we call life. Increasing awareness allows us the opportunity to choose to align with the actions necessary to manifest the desired change. You give all of you every day working to live on purpose, and now we intend to give back to you by empowering you to tune into your souls. Let us pray. Almighty Divine Creator, as we grow from strength to strength, we give thanks for this day and the opportunity to expand our vibration as infinite choice makers. Thank you for showing us the way of healing. We are open to receive as we continue to align ourselves with peace. May our homes and hearts be forever filled and surrounded with happiness, healthiness, love, and forgiveness as we live in the present moment, our most powerful point of being. In the name of the Father, the Mother, and the Child. Amen. Mut Kanshu. Ashe. So let it be. Welcome to the Queen Stand Up Radio Show. I'm your guest host, Vashana Moore, and our host, April Diane, will be with us shortly. Last week, we discussed the importance of investing in you with Dr. Chris Lassiter and Dr. H. Sam Coy. To hear that show, log on to www.queenstandup.com. This week, we are discussing navigating the path between family, work, and love. Finding the balance of life can often feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. One important point to remember is that life is perfectly imperfect and lessons are constantly being taught during the highs and lows of life. Sometimes we're going to drop the ball. 
forget the dry cleaning, and have to order in for dinner. The key is learning to create your own dance with how you respond to the functions of, of life, a dance where you experience some level of joy even when that ball drops. Our guest host, author Erin Stevens, has found balance in her life and will share with us how we can find a formula that works for us also. So I'd like to welcome in our, guest, our host, April Diane, and guest host, Erin Stevens. Good morning. Good morning, ladies. Greetings. Hello. Greetings. Thank you so much. Hi, Erin. Thank you, Vashana, for that Hi. wonderful introduction. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Hi, April. Hi, Lashonda. That was beautiful. Thanks for having us and me. <laughs> awesome. Where are you calling from, Erin? Minnesota. Um, think just outside of St. Paul, Minnesota. It's arfing cold here today. Where are you guys? We are in the big NY. Well, I am. Vashana is actually in Virginia now, um, but she's also from New York. Okay, so you guys are having some weather too, right? Yeah, it's actually been pretty chilly here. Um, we haven't had any too much snow this this winter. I think we got all our snow in last winter. Yeah, us too. <laughs> us too. We're having a lot of, uh, I mean, it's negative temps, especially when you add in wind chill, which unless you're, you know, from our areas, like, you know, New York or where you get snow, wind chill doesn't mean anything but if you experience it man <laughs> really exactly. adds something as a bite <laughs> exactly yeah we're at um we're at yeah. a big whopping 44 degrees today so it's pretty it's, it's pretty toasty yeah. actually here in new york that's, that's warm <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i would say trade you but i would say trade you but i think we're at like negative 15 with wind chill it's really ugly but it's i mean it's sunny Ooh. i guess it's kind of pretty <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the sun is definitely bright out on here too. So you sound like you, you know you're making the best of the of the cold weather. Um, so well, yeah, yeah, well, that's what you gotta do. <laughs> you do, you really do. <laughs> Just like the introduction said, you know, you have to learn to dance <laughs> in the rain in whatever. Absolutely. Season. You just have to learn to have that mindset of um, just tapping into your internal joy. Which brings us to yeah. our topic for today um, in a roundabout way. And I'd like to know, just tell us a little bit about you and what brought you to, in relationship to what brought you to talk, um, talking about finding balance in your home life, your career, and your love life. Well, um, first of all, I, I thank you for that question. And I, I do want to say, um, I think the word balance in general is a, uh, um, I think it's a red herring. I think it can lead us too often down a path of, uh, you know, seeking a kind of fulfillment that doesn't exist. But um, we can get into that. I guess my own personal motivations, I'll tell you, I my parents were divorced when I was seven. Uh, mother had a little bit of a drug problem. So my, my dad got custody of me and my two brothers. And he okay. raised us. I, I grew up yeah, I grew up in a family, so I grew up in a single-parent household, but it was my dad. And I flipped that around in my story. Don't ask me why, but, I mean, it was a single mother and her daughter. But 
Um, it was my dad that raised me and my two brothers. And then as I like to joke, I, you know, I went to college, I started my job, I married a man, we got male dogs, I had a child that's a boy, I have all boys all the time in my life, all boys. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I mean, my nieces, I'm like, can I can I braid your hair when my brothers were having nieces or girls? And I was like, oh, girls, like, here, have something <laughs> so girly. And it was all about me. It wasn't about the girls. <laughs> but um, probably the motivation, oh, yeah, seriously. The, the, what makes me passionate about that is, I mean, my dad, when, when we were starting out when I was little, um, my dad was a, an attorney. He got out of law school, and he had three kids that, that he was trying to raise by himself, and he was trying to start his law degree, his career in law. He made $14,000 his first year out. I mean, try to imagine, you know, <laughs> having a family on that and, and starting a career. We Anyway, we we really just sort of muddled along. We had a fabulous family life. We're all, you know, to this day, we're very, very close, my brothers and I, my dad and my brothers and I, and my mother too, I talk with her daily, but um, I think this idea that we have that um, we can exist in the society we have and order it so that we have X amount of time to be self-fulfilling or self-actualizing in some sort of career or avocation or study, and we can compartmentalize our home life and family life and, you know, seamlessly share homemaking responsibilities, whatever to make that. I think that that is um, a myth that we, that is an attractive one, but it's one that we adopt and we really torture ourselves with us and set ourselves up for failure. I'm rambling on. What do you guys think? (laughs) Well, I do think that it does take a level of, focus and a lot of communication, um, intentional living to, you know, successfully navigate. Um, But I do believe, I I believe that if you can be flexible with your structure, then it's not as stressful. So for me, for example, I have a routine that I like to follow. It makes sure. me feel a sense of security, especially my morning and my evening routines. I have these, this specific thing that I usually go to. Um, a lot of my routine consists of scheduling in advance, you know, just reviewing my calendar at night before I go to bed, um, working to communicate with the people who are going to be affected by what I'm doing ahead of time, you know, so that they know what to expect Um, whether or not, you know, they are putting it in their calendars or not, it's just about me communicating to them, um, so that, you know, they're not caught off guard. I feel like this is how I navigate through, um, now, you know, through my, my balancing work, um, my home life and then love, we, we were saying love, but. It's like, I guess if you, if you have like a romantic relationship, that's what we're talking about. Like, that's kind of how I balance it. Now, I said all of that to say, like, yeah, I have this structure in place, but it's something, it's, it's open to like a little bit of impulsivity, right? So some things can, so if someone invites me to go out someplace and it's not on my schedule, I may go, 
you know, I may do it. Yeah. Then it, then it goes to about how I'm feeling. So my schedule and my routine is uh, attached to a structure that I have to keep in place. But impulsivity, I let that lean on about feeling. So the routine is I love not that. about feeling. I, the, yeah. Go ahead. No, that's awesome. I love that. And, you know, one of the things that you were talking about, I, I, I guess I maybe I did not accurately characterize. I, I do keep a schedule, and I think that that is, I, I guess I, I, that's my assumptive premise under a life. I, but it's looser than than some others that I know. You sound very, very scheduled. I used to be. I don't do that anymore. But I write, for instance, I write every morning, and that time is sacred. I don't care if the house is burning down. From about 5.30 in the morning until 8.30 in the morning, I write, and I get into my own head, and that's very important to me. Um, I do have, we have structures uh, in, in place most of us in our families, if you have children, they're in school during a set number of hours or they have activities uh, during set times. Uh, we go to church once a week. We go, you know, we participate in prayer group. But I do think that, I do think that sometimes, um, especially in the more professional self-help type um, environments that, you know, I came of age in, we're, we're a little misled in thinking that the better scheduled you are, the more balanced you are. Um, and I don't think that that's true. I think you do need to have a schedule and you do need to have the discipline to have that. But you also can't assume that uh, you can manufacture fulfillment and happiness all on your own. You have to allow for, you know, like you said, April, a friend's going to go, you're going to go out to dinner. There's a new restaurant and they've got this amazing, whatever, you know, craft, craft cocktail or appetizer or, or meal or something, or so-and-so's in town and we haven't seen each other. You have to allow for these, um, these intrusions, which really enrich your life and also are, I think, comforting in that once you aside from the initial schedule that, you know, a schedule that you keep, um, it's nice to know that, you know, kind of God is looking after us. We look after each other. You, 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 there is a dynamic component of life, a big dynamic component that's going to bring things to you that you're going to add to in the moment. Um, you can't manufacture happiness. That, and I put that in my epilogue. That's a, a, a reflection that my character in updraft looks back on her experience and so that you know I looked at it as my life as something that I had to completely create and define and I had to allow for room for dynamism for that for the happiness that I can't see that's going to come to me anyway you know absolutely um I think what you're talking about is definitely flexibility and not being rigid I am. That's a good way to put yeah. it. That's a better way to put it. You should you should write. You yeah. probably do. <laughs> I definitely do. Absolutely. Uh, but that's what we're here. That's why we're holding space for one another because that's a that's even the process of writing. Like you share and you get it all out. Like what's coming to you, and then you're able to simplify it. You know. So right. it's easier for me to be listening to you and simplify what you're talking about and vice versa, you know, because you're processing it probably as you're speaking at the same time. So um, that's why it's so good to have feedback 
and to connect with Absolutely. others. Absolutely. Um, I want to talk yeah. about this rig- this rigidness um, because I feel like we sometimes believe like we have to have all or nothing. You know, like we have to Absolutely. be. Ex- yeah, you get that. Okay. Ex- either extremely like every I dotted, every T crossed, or completely just all compulsive, just doing everything on a whim. And I think what our show is about is today is finding the balance between the best of both worlds. Sure. No, I, yeah. I love that. I love that characterization. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm midlife. My, 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 my one kid is about to turn 15. And so I've gone through school. I mean, you guys have done this too. We all have the common experiences. Hopefully we have, have given us um, a basic structure to function out of, you know, school, work, um, certain relationships. They, those structures are already somewhat defined by society, and that's a good thing. But this idea, and I think it, I think it really proliferated in the 1980s with the, this, this B, I call it a B school mentality. And one of my characters, um, my, my main character Kate, we start out with her in a, as a child in my story. And she's the daughter What's of a single mother. Of, I'm sorry to, to, to interrupt you. What's That's okay. The, your book? the first book is called Updrift. And it's okay. a, a paranormal romantic, yeah, it's a paranormal romantic suspense novel. But how the, thematically what I built into the story that maybe relates, I mean, well, it does, it relates to what we're talking about is, but I have this main character. She's the daughter of a single mother, working mother, the, the the dad died and she had to figure a lot out. And then she's got a, a best friend who's got a stay-at-home mother. And then she has an aunt who's very involved, who is this corporate go-getter and is very, very scheduled and very, very successful in the business world because of how tightly she controls her life. And Kate, my, my main character, looks at these three women in her and she tries on the incarnations of adulthood that each represent at different points in the narrative. This is not what the story is about. The story is mostly a love and adventure story. But this literary theme that I built in, I think speaks, I mean, it certainly spoke to me, and that's why I was compelled to, to put it in. She looks at these women and she tries on these ideas of adulthood and living, and she, she changes her mind a couple times during the course of the narrative, as we all do and should as we're trying on what's going to work for us. Um, so I don't know. Do you, do you guys have any questions or response to that? Or where do you see in your own lives what, what you, what would compel you in terms of, you know, like women in your life you've looked at and you've said, I want to try that because that looks like happiness to me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I feel like Erin, like what you did in your story that I've just recently started to, well, not recently, over the last six years, started to realize that you can design your life by your habit um, and understanding that the way that people achieve certain successes in life is, or, you know, and achieve their goals is related to how they structure their life. And just having, like, taking a look at it, even having the conversation with themselves. So 
Sure. I feel like you, you, you're, it's important for you to look at your life and like to have a clear picture of what it is that you'd like to achieve and then identify some key components that have helped others to get to that goal because otherwise you're just kind of floating. You have no direction. You're just yeah. kind of, you know, just out there. Um, so no, I like that's the a great characterization. Of, yeah, I like the idea of what your character did. She looked at different people's lives and what they were doing in their lives, and she made an, you know, tried them on for size to see how she would like them. I think that's a great way to find your way. Mm-hmm. I like I like how you and I I think that's beautiful. I like how you and I are are approaching this issue. You're talking from, you know, again, well, you're talking from the standpoint of being intentional and being mm-hmm. and having uh, having structures in place, which is so vital to me. And I I I like how but what it's making me think of is um, that's my assumptive premise. Of course, you have to have <laughs> a base level of organization and certainly intentionality. But I shouldn't have assumed that I shouldn't assume that listeners or other people are at the same place in their life. I'm I'm approaching it from I, I came from you know a, a high powered corporate environment. I've been I was a, um, a sort of OCD student. It was very important to me to get excellent grades and achieve. And it wasn't until I was probably 32 or so when I thought, hey, someday I might want to have children or there might be more to life than what I am defining. We're coming at, I think, the same idea. And I just want to say I I agree with you. Fundamentally, my approach anymore doesn't work unless I have your approach in place, which is intentionality, uh, a fair amount of structure to support that intentionality or those intentions, those intentions will never get realized. But then I, I've let go of what, what I, what for me was hubris in assuming that life was 100% mine to manufacture and control. And that's, that's spiritually mm. wrong. And that's it's spiritually wrong. And it's, and it's also, I think harmful. It's a harmful message to give ourselves and each other. But um, but I think we're coming anyway. I think we're coming at this kind of the same idea, but from the opposite ends of the spectrum. That's just my thought. I don't know what you think. <laughs> so you're saying you're. I I agree. Um, you're saying that you because of the life that your father had. He was a lawyer. He had to be organized as a single parent. Like he had to have a system. He had to have a structure in order to to manage a household, a, a high profile career, and three children. Um, that was yes. a lot to to have to manage, and so in order to do so, I guess the, it was it was a bit rigid. Your lifestyle, your home lifestyle, um, there were schedules, yes. you know, and you kind of couldn't wiggle out of what what was expected to happen, and and as a result of that, that made you kind of like, you know, you got over it. You're like, I I can't deal with the rigidness. I'd like to have some room for intuition. I'd like to have some more flexibility in my life. Is that what you say? That's Absolutely. Okay. It is. Um, I'd, I'd love to share a little story that my dad will tell sometimes about my youngest brother. If I could, Absolutely. is that okay? Yeah. Yes. Please. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So um, I, I'm the eldest of three. And so my, my, my parents were divorced when I was seven. And then so starting from when I was eight, we had this single parent household like that we just described with my dad trying to launch himself as an attorney. 
and three kids <laughs> and no money. <laughs> That's so, you know, everybody has that like kind of some some element of that story in their past. But my youngest brother um at the time was was four. And so one of the things that dad did to try and keep the household afloat was he would leave a a, a list for each of us say, these are your chores, these are the things that have to happen today when you get home from school. And okay. uh, my youngest brother was my youngest brother was in preschool at the time. He was four, um, but it was a full day deal. And you know, for whatever we got it, he got home. So we all got home this one day, and we read my myself and my next youngest brother. We read through our list and we executed them. And my youngest brother did not one thing on his list. And my dad Uh-oh. lost it. He came he came home and he got so angry. And he said, and my youngest brother's name is Michael, and he said, Michael, you, you, I, I'm sorry to put this on you. You're only four, but you have to help with the family. You have to do these things. I, I didn't ask too much of you. I asked you things that, you know, you could do. And he just ripped into him. And my youngest brother could barely talk. He was crying so hard. But when he was finally able to get a word in edgewise, he said, but, Dad, I don't know how to read yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so of course, and neither of us. We didn't help him. We were, you know, I got to help Doing him. Doing your own chores. Whatever. I know. So anyway, I, I guess. I, I again, I'm coming. I'm coming at the idea that you talked about the intentionality and the the the, the strut or the structure, but from from the other end of of having been so structured mm-hmm. and and we harm each other by insisting that that's all that's the box that the only the biggest box that you can live in that's the biggest box you have in your life is to be you know the best glue maker at 3m or whatever and here's the formulas that you wrote (laughs) and here's the whatever you know you you really you really have to connect more with your humanity which has a dynamic component that i i don't think we like to we don't like to accept because it, it means relinquishing some control you know Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about that. What do you think you know, that, that rigid lifestyle stems from trying to have a sense of control over everything? Um, yes. Well, when you feel yeah. so out of control, and, and I took that with me when I went to, you know, when I went through high school, when I went to college, you know, I, I used to get just these eye infections at every, um, <laughs> for every finals week because I was so... Um, so careful that I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to get anything wrong. <laughs> I had to just mm. do everything perfectly. And our definition of perfect in that construct, which we all, it's very, it, it is very um, seductive to think if I schedule my time really rigidly and I behave really rigidly, I can protect myself from the things that happen to people that aren't, aren't in control. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I do get that. Um, yeah. And I get I get what you're saying about, like, just having too much rigidness. It doesn't allow for the unknown to come in, creativity. It doesn't allow for anything new to happen. Um, we've talked about this quite a bit on the show, uh, and I feel like, You know, the schedules and the structures, they come as a result of necessity. But I do get how they can make us feel very robotic in life and and unconnected to to nature. 
Oh, I love that word, robotic, because that's that's the perfect characterization of what we try to make ourselves. And we breed unhappiness, and we share that unhappiness. And when we have this idea that this is the result of control, and control is good because it can stave off problems, which is there is mm-hmm. some truth in that, but not as but not as much as we like to believe sometimes. Then we perpetrate this idea of unhappiness and if you're not in control and you're not tightly scheduled, well, you're not doing it right. And of course you're going to be unhappy. You know what I mean? Mm, 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It can lead you to you know, <laughs> real neurosis, you know, that whole thing. So would you oh, say yeah. that your, your lifestyle, you know, growing up made you a little bit rebellious to um, being disciplined and organized and stuff like that? Oh, sure. Um, you know, the, the stories that I write now, it's funny, I, I haven't worked in a in a traditional job in 15 years. Um, mm. And part of the reason is, you know, I started my own contract agency. I did, um, and, and now I write paranormal romance novels, you know. So um, those are, that's a huge departure from where I started. It's huge. Okay. I don't know. Did okay. you? Did you? Where did you come from, April? What was your What was your background? Because you sound, you're you're so intentional with your your. I like how you think about your language, and I I can tell you're a writer and a speaker. You are. I can tell where you're coming from a bit because of my own experience. But where did you, where did you? How did you grow up? How did you come to this idea of scheduling and intentionality? Well, um, I guess I could say that I came from a. Um, a sort a sort of a mix, you know, of of both worlds. Like, um, my mom's a very organized person in terms of like, because um, she had a daycare uh, that we that I helped work with in her with her in, and in that aspect, she definitely, you know, we there was a structure, there was a system to how she was able to get everything done, you know. Um, it was impressive, you know, she would, you know, absolutely keep the kids, you know, just everything like breakfast was at a certain time within the daycare, uh, you know, how she got the kids organized and ready for when their parents came was a very structured um, system was systematic. It was comforting because you knew what to, um, so that Absolutely. was really, yes. really, you know, like if, if, if I would, whenever I had to come in and help her, um, it was, it was a very easy thing for me to do because I knew what she would do. I knew her system and the kids begin to know it too. So, you know, they pretty much, we used to joke about the fact that they could run the daycare on their own because, <laughs> you know, because of, of how my mom had followed a particular routine um, every day. And, uh, but there was also a, some flexibility within, you know, the structure. Flexibility meaning we tried out different things um, in the daycare. We would introduce, my mom would let me introduce different ideas. Um, so that was really cool. As far as like our home life, um, I I guess there was more, a little bit more flexibility there in the home life. We definitely like my mom would, my mom is very like, she would go to church every Sunday for sure. Um, when we were very young, we would all go to church every Sunday. You know, when you start to getting to the teenage years, teenagers are a little more like, I'm doing my own thing. Ah, you know, that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, (laughs) 
No, I can't. Um, <laughs> I can't drag my fourteen-year-old to church, Dad. I don't think I could drag him. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so um so but every Sunday that was something that was very um routinistic that you know my mom would go to church every Sunday crack at the dawn like you really couldn't get my mom to deviate from that that was her scheduling. Um book club, my mom she kind of had that. And now I kind of feel like I I was a um I was a, a lot rebellious in that because I felt a little bit of rigidness in it. I felt like I I wanted to feel a little bit more alive in life. And I didn't understand certain things, like how come we couldn't, you know, blow church on, on, on a given Sunday if we just didn't feel like it, that type mm-hmm. of thing. But my mom was never mm-hmm. the type where that, I don't, I don't remember her being like, oh, you, well, you have to go. I mean, maybe once or twice if there was something special going on, but I don't really remember it being a situation where it's like, oh, everybody's got to go to church every Sunday. I mean, we might, she might've had that initiative, but she was pretty flexible with saying, you know what? All right, screw it. You know, you guys don't want to go. You're not going to go on my (laughs) Sunday. I'm going, you know, that type of thing. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But so now though, and, um, I guess, you know, we all adopted different, you know, like structures and how we do our life. I feel like now as I've gotten older, um, I, I, and and because I'm a, a, a business person, I have to have a schedule. Like I want my schedule. It gives me a great sense of comfort, um, to know what's expected. And I, and, and, and I'm kind of like my mom in that regard, like, this is what I'm doing. You know, like, let's say, for example, me and my friend, we, we set intentions to attend um, our um, church, our wellness center, at least twice a month, right? And this is an example of how we got some flexibility into it. Because we like the structure of going to church, you know, on Sundays, but we also like sometimes being able to just be home on a Sunday and sleep in, you know, or, well, we don't sleep in on Sunday because yeah. we have to stand up, but like to just like, just be at home after the show or whatever. So we compromise. We decided we're going to do two Sundays a month that we go to the spiritual center and then two Sundays that we don't. So a minimum of two Sundays right. we, we have to go to church. So that's a part of us. I love like, it. Yeah, bringing in, so it's, 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 there's some room for flexibility with that. And it's been very helpful. Actually, oh, shoot, my friend is right next to me. I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't see oh. her. Hi. So I, just, <laughs> I, just, I just arrived um, at um, the spiritual center. And so, anywho, um, so we got to a point Okay, well, let me, this is, this, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is how we um, built in the flexibility of, you know, having structure, but also being flexible within the structure. Okay, I am going to throw, I'm going to, your sister, you are the quarterback, and I am now, uh, I am now your, your, your offensive line and standing to your right. I can speak football talk because of all the boys in my life. <laughs> but um, anyway, <laughs> I, you're, you're 100% right. My, 
my progression, my ideas of flexibility and intuition um, do not work without that structure and intentionality in place. And when you were talking about being um, part of a daycare, uh, one of the things that I did very intentionally and one of the reasons I left the work, work uh, the traditional work day, workaday world was I wanted to have uh, a child. I have only one, mm. and I was in my late 30s, mm-hmm. and I have only one when okay. I, I, I have had him when I was in my late 30s. I, I, um, I know the value for children that if they live in chaos, they don't have the security, the emotional security they need to go make something of themselves and do and do something. So unless you have mm-hmm, unless mm-hmm. you have that unless you have that structure that is very primary. You have to have uh, and the more structure kind of the better for kids. This is meal time. This is nap time. This is play time. These are the rules when you're playing. You can't hit each other with the toys. You have to share. When we're done we put everything away. I mean simple things like that. When you're when, I, when my son was three, I was like, okay, you're three. Now you get to start taking your plate from the table to the sink. That's your job. You have to do it. So that, the structure is primary. And the intentionality, if, I didn't, if you don't have an intention, you will realize nothing in your life that you want. And you, are, you do have God-given talents and a God-given drive and God-given individuality that you have to, you, you, I think you are spiritually responsible for you have to say okay this is what I need to do the direction I need to go in my life and I need to put structure in place so that I can accomplish this who I am Um, but once you get beyond that I just see a lot of people and one of my book characters that corporate go-getter aunt um, you can go too far the other way Uh, but you don't you can't go too far the other way unless you have that intention and that that um, structure in, in place you are you're more right than I am in how to achieve the balance, which you, you have to have a schedule first, and then you play with it. Right. Then you can throw it out the window. Like, I, and I was going to go into deeper to say, too, like one, sun, one Sunday, my friend, she was just like, I, didn't, I don't feel like going. You know, that's just what she's like. I don't yeah. feel like doing it. I know we scheduled to go this Sunday or whatever have you. She's like, I just don't feel like going. And I was like, okay, I get it. And she, you know, she went on further to say, you know, um, her position on why she didn't feel like going. I was like, I get it. I totally get it. I said, I don't feel like going either, but um, <laughs> I, I made this commitment to myself. And so I'm, I'm going to honor this yeah. commitment because I had to ask myself, what's the reason why you don't feel like going? That was the next thing. It wasn't because I was overtired. It wasn't because I was over, um, like, um, any of the reasons that I would justify what not going. It wasn't because I wasn't feeling well. It wasn't because finance. It wasn't because of an emergency situation. It was just because it was cold outside, and I didn't want to deal with the cold. And to me, that wasn't reason enough not to keep my commitment because I live in New York, like, it's going to be cold. Like that is that reason <laughs> right. is not going to be, it's not going to change for next week. That reason, like it's going to be cold the next week. Right. So then what's your excuse about not going and not right. keeping your commitment. And so my friend, she said, well, I don't feel comfortable doing anything. I'm not comfortable with doing anymore. You know, that's just where she is in her space. And I got that. And I said, I totally get that. I'm there too. But it, the, the discomfort from the cold was, um, 
like not keeping my commitment to myself to me was more uncomfortable for me than what I was going to feel with the cold. So I had to weigh I like, my options. I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. So th- I, I just said that to say, like, you also have to get to a place of why aren't you, why, what, what's your reason, rationale? Are you just trying to, like, stay within your, your, um, your old patterns and your old way of doing things? Are you just being rebellious to discipline? Or do you have, like, justifiable reasons as to why you're going to throw in the towel? Because there is a, a, a line that you can cross between, you know, having good, healthy discipline and just being so impulsive that you don't get anything done. And so you have to find that line for yourself. Absolutely. You have to find that line. You have to find that line. Absolutely. And you, and you have to, you know, like, okay, so my, my third book in this series comes out next month in, in, in uh, February, writing a book, a hundred thousand page manuscript, playing with the ideas in it, making sure it flows, getting it edited several times, getting it into production, all of the myriad things that happen to do that, that's not always very fun. And it's a lot of work. So if it weren't really personally important to me to write novels, I mean, every morning I would get up and I start at 5.30 and I write until 8.30. If I didn't have that structure, if I didn't have that commitment to do it, guess what I wouldn't have? I wouldn't have a book, <laughs> you know? So, and, and there's a lot mm. of discomfort. There's a lot of, there's a lot of blood, sweat and tears that you expend, a person expends in the chasing of personal goals. So you're very right in that it's, you know, you almost want to have a, a Maslow's hierarchy, a filter of, of, of what's, what's the prior prioritizing to help you decide. <clears throat> yeah writing a book to me is too important. Writing this story, this particular story that I'm so attached to, explicating it, that is vitally important to me so much that I will set aside other commitments. I will forego time that I could spend with other people or doing other important things to make sure that that goal is supported. And now I get to say it's important to me and probably no one else, but it is important to me. Hey, my third book is coming out in my series. I'm so excited. But that's a lot of discomfort and I, there was a lot of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. saying no to myself and a lot of discipline. So mm-hmm, that discipline mm-hmm. component, again, that you're, you're talking about, that is, that's an assumptive premise underneath this formula that we all want to have for, um, for happiness and fulfillment, balancing work and life and, and love. And when I said love, I meant romance and, and family and, you know, friendships mm-hmm, of 30 mm-hmm. years or whatever, um, supporting that, that humanity when you're writing or when you're doing the, the types of things that, you know, maybe you're, you sound like you do too a little bit, you, you're in your own head so much um, that you can kind of forget <laughs> what it's like <laughs> to go to church or to go to have coffee. I mean, you, you have to also mm-hmm. make, mm-hmm. make room to have that humanity and those dynamic um, opportunities Absolutely. for happiness that you don't, you don't make up, but, um, but Absolutely. yeah, that discipline is fundamental. Discipline is fundamental to to flexibility, is what I would say based yeah. on what you've talked about. They go hand in hand <laughs> for sure. But I think an important thing of what you're bringing up today, Erin, is that if I make a decision within myself um, to be um, to have this commitment, I can't now impo- impo- like get angry with my friend because now oh, 
now she, she you know, like tying her into this commitment that I made, which is first to myself. And I feel like that's a major thing about, you know, how we affect the people who are our family and our romantic relationships. Like we can present the ideas to people, but we can't get upset if they don't want to go along with it. And that's another place where the reflexibility comes in. Like I've chosen this path zone. I've chosen this structure for my life, but I also respect that this is not your process. This is not your way, you know, but I'm going to still do my thing. Just like my mom would say, like, you guys don't want to go to church at some point. I mean, I'm, I'm sure at the beginning she probably was just like, no, everybody's going. But then at some point she was just like, you know what? Trying to struggle with y'all and get y'all to go with me. Sometimes <laughs> it's messing up my Sunday. So screw it. You guys stay. I'm going and I'm going to get my praise on. And you know what I mean? Hopefully y'all can feel some of that yeah, when I yeah. come back type of thing. You know, like, so that's, <laughs> I kind of feel like where she found her flexibility. Speaking of mom, um, let's go yeah. ahead and listen to Miss Sandra's moment of power. Um, all right, let's okay. hit it. <laughs> Y'all know what time it is. Get ready for Miss Sandra's moment of power. Mama's on, she's chopping them tools. Mama's on, better listen up and you'll grow. Navigating the path between family, work, and love. Good morning, queens and kings. Sharing ourself and time is truly a challenge, but not impossible. It is all in how you prioritize and navigate. As in some of our previous discussions about self-care, investing, leadership, health, etc., you are the center point of how and when you give. Giving is such a blessing, but we must be mindful of how much and when we give. As we grow with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, our navigation becomes clearer. Love is what we should give unconditionally. We all show love in so many different forms, and it takes maturity for each one of us to recognize what love looks like. Life can be overwhelming and yet magical at the same time. It takes planning and understanding from everyone. We are one big team together. Everyone achieves much. Navigation, the, navigating the path is finding a good balance of what matters and works for you. We must also be committed to navigating the path. Happiness does not come by accident. Communication plays a major part of navigating. If we put effort and care into our sharing, we will reap the benefits of healthy relationships. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted. Ecclesiastics 3, 1, and 2. Be blessed until the next time, and happy Sunday to all. Mm, Ashe. Wow, thank you, Mom. That was great. Um, a time for Gorgeous. everything. Right? A time for everything, yeah. No, just before that, absolutely, full break, loved it. Um, You brought up, I thought, a really important component or or alluded to an important component of this conversation that you're giving your your listeners, and that is you talked about what your expectation was of your friend who said, Mm -hmm. I'm not up for going, going to this wellness center today, and you had to then decide, 
well, you had to decide two things. One, does that mean I'm not going? You know, you, April. And, am I going, April? Right. Am I going today? And the second thing, and the second thing was, am I going to be frustrated or judgmental of this person who decided not to have my same goal? And I think that's a really tricky thing to navigate sometimes. Like, I have this passionate, um, <clears throat> you know, commitment that I have put structures in place and that I'm I'm realizing. And if somebody else doesn't, support it in the way that I want to or want to do it with me, what's going to be my response to that? Am I going to be, you know, like the, the mom, the mom prayer, am I going to be loving? Am I going to be loving of myself and this other person? Or am I going to get mm-hmm. frustrated and say, boy, you're wrong and I'm right. And what does that, what does that result in? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I said to my friend, I said, you know what? I get it, and I was I, I I totally get it. I'm cool with with you not going. Like, um, I just didn't want to wait till the last two Sundays in the month because February only has or January only has four Sundays, so I didn't want to push it off to the mm-hmm. last two Sundays and then put myself in a have to situation. Right. So I told her, I said, you may very well make it up next week, but I know me. Like, I'm not going to want to go back to back, perhaps. You know, like, it may, that yeah. may be a crack. That may be an, a, a situation for me. So um, I love what you just said, that that's, that's like, w- one of the key components of the navigating factor um, is, you know. It is. Yeah, because you, we don't, we, we're all different and we're all unique and we have different, like, her schedule is completely different from mine. Like, she sees clients at a different um, pace than mine. So, like, it, her week was different. It was just different. And she just was like, I can't do it. You know, like, I just right. can't do it. And um, that's the navigation part. Is the friendship, you know, more valuable than us keeping this rigid schedule? Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. You know, is the, is I love family, that you said that. Yep. Yeah. Is your family's overall happiness and joy more important than you making sure that everybody in your family, your household shows up to church every Sunday? Yes, it is. It's more Mm -hmm. important. Your family's. Yeah. So I think that, that when we start to lose sight of, you know, the fact that the, the humanity aspect of it, right. The, the, the balance of it, the, the, um, so why we're doing it in the first place, Okay. Why are we, why, why are we going to the spiritual sensor? Let's, let's keep up with that example. We're going to experience joy and happiness. Well, we don't want to make people miserable on the way to get there. (laughs) No, no, no. I like to, when my, absolutely. I love that one. When my son will argue with me, which he does, because that's what teenagers do when he'll argue with me about, you know, going to an underattended birthday party of someone, you know, that we love and he doesn't want to go or something that doesn't involve, you know, his friends or his sporting activities or whatever. Um, I have to say, and especially church, you know, God doesn't really care if you go, you get something out of this. You know, like I, I go to church for me. I don't think God is going to condemn me for not going to church more often or at all or whatever. This is for me. And that's an right. important distinction to make. And you said you said the same thing about your mother. She got one to one point, and she said, "Yeah, I'm done with y'all. I'm going to my <laughs> going to church. Knock your bad yeah. out and sleep in until you know noon, whatever. But I'm not. I'm I'm doing this. Um, right. And I think that's. Right. And obviously, she still loved you. So <laughs> you know. Yeah. 
now. She likes me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Moms are the best. I know it. I know it. Um, so, anyway. um, I, I, um, I think it's the same thing, like, you know, with writing of your, when we're doing writing, when we're talking about writing, it's the same type of concept. Yeah. yeah we, 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 you, like you said, I wouldn't have had my book if I hadn't had a certain level of discipline, but then there's also the, the aspect of, you know, I, why do we write? We write for the joy and the love of writing too. Like some of us, some of us write. For Absolutely. The joy the no, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And to connect, I mean, for a, a really good narrative. I mean, okay, back to what motivated me to write, you know, a thousand years ago, um, going through my mother's drug addiction and my, my, the, the struggles to be in a single parent household that was, you know, keeping chaos at bay 24 seven and whatever. Um, I really lost myself in reading. It was fantastic. I, I read so much that I don't remember certain events of my childhood in order because they're blurred by the stories, the fiction that I read. And the fiction was my mm. escape, my, my escape, my armor, but it also really wired me up differently. I mean, I, I, I view the world, I view this interaction and every other one that I have through a particular narrative filter where I, I might, you know, you might end up in my story, April. You, you might have. All right. Because that's just how I, ing- <laughs> sure, that's how I ingest human interaction. And so now mm-hmm. on the other side of my childhood, I can look when I still have that, but the manifestation of that worldview that I built as a child through reading is now that, that writing is my, my way to connect with humanity and ideas human ideas and human emotion and human love that's my that's my primary way to connect whereas reading used to be it's now writing um, but that's why I do it it's not so that I have you know I'm I'm an author I don't know what people do but I mean it's so that I can connect with people you know mm-hmm. I mean why mm-hmm. do you do it mm-hmm. why do you do I it do, <laughs> I write to um, express my ideas about life um, to heal, um, to communicate, definitely to communicate. Like and how, effect, how effective, mm-hmm. how effective is that process for you? Cause it's very effective for me. How does it work for you? I think it's very effective because sometimes, um, I communicate better when I write it down. Yep. Um, because I get, so if there's so many emotions that come up for me, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm an emotional person. Like I have, like I feel things very strongly. And so sometimes when I'm trying to communicate to people, the emotions mix in with what I'm trying to express. So it's easier for me to write things down and process the feelings, you know, and then share it with others. I feel like it makes me more receptive. Mm Mm-hmm. It is more respectful. I mean, you, you can tell when someone is speaking Receptive. intentionally or writing intentionally. Mm-hmm. It, oh, respective. I'm sorry. It, re- re- I'm no, sorry. Re- I, I took the wrong thing. Re- receptive. Oh, perspective. Like, oh, no, no, no. Sorry about that. No, no, no. Receptive, <laughs> like receptive, receive. Like I feel like people receive yeah. what I say better when I write it. Receptive. So... Yes. And, yeah. and I agree with, I'm the, I am the same way I do. Okay. And I think that that, you know, that goes back to your talking about intentionality 
and discipline, where if you study and think about very carefully how to say, how to write, the ideas that you want to communicate, and you own what you are, an emotional person, a feeling person who needs to connect in this way, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, your narrative comes across much more strongly, and it does reach, and it does come back to you as you hope, but only if you really try, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I think I think when you put more, more, you process things better, you know, you put more thought into it, um, and, uh, how you deliver it, that it makes an impact on how well it's received from others, how well um, people understand what it is that you're trying to convey. And that's important. Yeah. That, that has become important to me. It's, it's become important to me more that a solution is developed, um, that I'm heard for, or to like um, get judged just, just to talk or judge. That's less important to me now. It's more important that I, that my um, experience is heard because I'm a teacher, you know, I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I want the, and I'm being taught through my writing. I'm being taught as well, yeah. the lesson from Me the too. universe through my writing. And so I want to yeah. make sure that I'm learning as I'm writing what <laughs> it is that I'm trying, what, what, what um, this experience is trying to show me. So it's such a, um, it's just kind of like the difference between, you know, um, baking a cake and taking the time and mixing all the ingredients together, you know, according to how they'll best blend as opposed to just trying to, put all the ingredients in the eggs with the shells and, you know, the, 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 the flour <laughs> with the wrapper, just putting everything into a bowl and then stuffing it in the oven and expecting the oven to, to make it pretty, you know, to make it into a cake. That's a no, fantastic you... analogy. That is fantastic. Yes. <laughs> that's awesome. no, yeah, so um... That's what writing does, right? Yeah. Well, it does for me, but I mean, it, for other people who aren't writers who are maybe listening, I mean, there, what is what is maybe part of uh, trying to establish your 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 premise, your own personal premise under which you can achieve balance that we're all trying to to achieve is you have to decide what it is that you need to do. You know, April, you're talking about you need to be a teacher, you need to um, understand and express your emotions, and be guided by the process that you choose to manifest that, that process. So for you, it's writing or talking on the show or talking with, you know, cold idiots like me in Minnesota. <laughs> but each person listening, you have to decide, what are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to be, you know, are you supposed to, to be a baker? That's beautiful. Are you supposed to be a child care worker? That's gorgeous. Are you supposed to be a neurosurgeon? Are you supposed to be, you know, in STEM? Are you supposed to be in creative? Are you, what are you supposed to do? Because you have in you that self-direction. And then once you do, we have, then you have to follow that with discipline to get to where uh, you're, you're having that connectivity and that realization that helps you learn and other people learn, you know? Absolutely. I think you hit it on the head there, Erin, when, when we talked about, you know, the why we're doing something. Because when we're talking about, you know, navigating the path between family, work, and love, you always want to go back to before you, you know, get so rigid in your, your structures and everything, you want to hold on to why you're doing something and make sure that that 
emotion, that feeling and that energy is still in the midst of what you're, the work that you're doing or the schedule that you're keeping, you know, or not keeping, mm-hmm. that you're holding on to that as well. So we're wrapping it up here. We're right at the top of the hour um, of, of 10 o'clock here. I would like for you to just sh- share with us, Erin, where can we find some of these great novels that you've written? Well, the first book, Updraft, is, is widely available. It's in many, not, it's in many, many um, independent bookstores. So you can get a physical, co- mm-hmm. physical copy in probably eh, a fifth of the stores across the country. Um, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Barnes & Noble. Um, it's uh, especially on the coast because it has to do, <laughs> has to do with coastal living. Um, you can find Updraft there. The second book is Breakwater. And the third book comes okay. out on Valentine's Day. Say it with me. Ah, oh. Valentine's Day. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's the third book? It's called Outrush. So it's Updrift is number one, Breakwater is number two, and Outrush comes out next month. And you guys have been so interesting to talk to, and, and this is such an interesting approach to – <laughs> I've never had an interview like this where <laughs> this is how we're talking oh, about writing. I'm yeah. not talking about characters. This is so, so awesome. This kind of could be really cool. So thank you. You're welcome. It's really a great, uh, it was a great, great getting the opportunity to connect with you. Where um, Do you have like a, a website or something that we can um, go to to sure. find you? Sure. You What's can go website? to AaronStevens.com. Yeah, it's, okay. it's just AaronStevens.com. My, my name, my parents couldn't spell, so my name has two R's on it. It's E-R-R-I-N-S-T-E-V-E-N-S, uh, AaronStevens.com. Okay. You'll find my, awesome. my books there. Goodreads, and I have tons of, of reviews up on Goodreads. If you search my name up there, and you can find all my books and all the places to find it and libraries, whatever. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to connect with us today, Erin. It was awesome, and um, best of luck with your writing career. You too, April. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Today's show was such a blessing. Join us next Sunday, February 3rd at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as we discuss the Mindfulness Menopause, with Clarissa Hughes. To learn more about Clarissa, visit her website at www.thelittlebreathingspace.com. Until next time and always, beautiful people, be blessed and queens, stand up.